Hi, this is David Steele of the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! Hey Magic fans and welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, the podcast of the Orlando Magic UK. This is episode 76 and as always, I'm joined by my good friends. First of all, Gary, how are you doing, man? Not too bad, mate. Apart from my Darth Vader voice, all good. How are you? You know, for what we've been describing it as your sexy phlegm. <laughs> we're increasing, with, the, with your voice, mate, we're increasing the female viewership of this. By two. yeah we're all good at this end as well pal thank you and g how are you my friend i've got to applaud you on your uh parenting i understand yeah yeah i actually forgot to mention it last week on the pod we were so busy talking um yeah we went to watch the cardiff devils uh me and the family a week sunday ago they were playing the glasgow clan uh victorious 3-1 i might add but um yeah the devils um Bit of a chance going around. Let's go, Devils. Both kids join in. Let's go, Magic. I was like, yes, they're my kids. Cor- good parenting. Pa- yeah, parenting the correct way. So, uh, no, I'm good. Thank you, mate. Uh, hope you are as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, all good, all good. Mikey, I've just let people know that you are there in the top corner. It's uh, just oh, apparently God. not paid your electric bills. Genuinely, I just can't sort lighting out in this place. Never mind. I need to stop going for these cheap ass bowls, don't I? And uh, get some proper studio hey, clearly. lighting. Is that what you're saying? Clearly, 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 something's <laughs> wrong there, pal. So how are anyway, you? Anyway, uh... I'm I'm good. More the question is, how's calamity? Because calamity's made a return this week. Just just one slight issue where I've uh, almost broke my toe, broke my little toe. It's uh, the uh, left, right, sorry, the right foot is extremely black as I uh, managed to stubbed my toe on um, the foot of one of our sofas and um, yeah it made me made me turn the air blue it was, uh, and it is it is rather swollen and it is rather black but there we go did you, not to worry did you, did you cry? lots lots <laughs> like like a baby mate <laughs> well like Joel Embiid and James Harden oh mate I'll, I'll tell you what there was less flopping involved with me having smashed my toe than there was with that pair. Uh, so we will come to that. We will come to that. So anyway, Mikey, you and G met up over the uh, weekend and had a little bit of a sporting competition, bit of time hooping. Tell us, mate. Hooping? There was only one of us hooping, hooping mate. There was only one of us hooping. Hey. Here he goes, here he goes. He was, you were giving it all, the, you give it all the big I am all before and then just you just didn't turn up like usual. About the... About the bowling, I was. No, mate, this is, a, this is a basketball podcast. Nobody cares about we have, bowling. We have to talk about the hoop as well that you were shooting at. Yeah, right. And I said to G, because it was one all right, G beat me fair and square in bowling after my horrendous start. What a, a th- what was it, three balls in the gutter to start? The first three, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, and then so I you saw... Are the, you are the Russell Westbrook of uh, bowling. <laughs> no, because I got better. Westbrook's getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> I did claw it back. I did. Uh, I, I did finish what twenty behind you in the end. I got over hundred, yeah. so that that'll do. But uh, one no, no, one thirty nine, 
219. G kept going, oh, mate, let's let's finish this on the air hockey table. I was like, no, 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 no. Let's finish this on the basketball hoop, mate. And you were like, no, 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 no. You already knew you were beaten. You didn't. You just didn't want to admit it. But when you walk into an arcade in the UK and there's a magic basketball hoop, how can you just have one go on it? And what was the one next to you? Well, yeah, that was a funny story, wasn't it? There was an LA Laker one next to it, which was broken. A bit like their team, really, isn't it? A bit like... Tell you, I think Westbrook had been practising on it, mate. Smashed it with all the bricks he'd been throwing. I don't know. But yeah, it, it was a good time. It was a good time, but uh, G owes me that third game. Yeah, we, we'll have it in you will start, minutes. mate. We, we yeah, did. I can't believe you were staff. No, 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 you didn't. I kept what going. You kept wanting to you kept wanting to play air hockey. Every time I was like, right, let's finish it, let's play air hockey. No, we finish it on the hoop and you just you you knew you were beaten. You shied away from the air hockey as well. Go on, Becky, you play him. <laughs> I don't care. Air hockey's not my game. Paul's better at air hockey, he tells me. Like the reactions aren't what they were when I was younger, but we'll we'll still say, yeah, I'm all right at it. I get over-aggressive, that's the problem. Tends to end up hitting it hard and it flies across the uh, arcade and quite a few other people are in danger. The puck, the puck or the thing flying. in your hand? The puck, mate. Never let go of the thing in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> For an half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on. So let's get the affiliate plug out of the way. So support today's episode and visit the or the official NBA store Europe or Fanatics using affiliate link in the descriptions of the podcast. Uh, shop the latest NBA gear and Orlando Magic merchandise, including jerseys, shorts and T-shirts. They are available for international delivery. Use our discount code MAGICUK10 at the checkout for a 10% discount off your entire order uh, or use one of the live um, discounts that are available on the website but please note some explosion explosions dear god no <laughs> exclusions <laughs> some exclusions may apply <laughs> and you can find all the links on the uh, website as well orlandomagicuk.com so moving on swiftly and avoiding all that uh, magic news let's get into it uh, we're recording Today being the 17th of March, Thursday evening, ahead of the game with Detroit. Um, we have officially been eliminated from playoff contention. Injury news, Jalen Suggs has been struggling with an ankle issue. He is out again, having left the Sixers game early. Didn't play against Brooklyn, they say he's out for tonight's visit of Detroit, as is Tumor. Um, and Wendell has been questionable a couple of times and he is questionable again for this evening. It has Stay been officially on announced. Say again? He's out. He's out. He's out now, is he? Yeah. What Last a hour. shocker. What a shocker that a team that are poor rebounding have um, been given a reprieve by our, our number one man in the paint being absent. Honestly, yeah. the game nobody wants to win. Well, there we go. Um, so, yeah. And so then finally, we've had the shocking official announcement that Jonathan Isaac and Bol Bol are both officially out for the rest of the season. So, we can recap. We've uh, played the Timberwolves. We won 110 to 118. 
We then played the Sixers and lost in, shall we say, controversial style, 116 to 114. And then we've also played the Brooklyn Nets and got absolutely routed, 150 to 108. So let's have a little talk about what we saw in the week. Um, start with Mo Bamba. He put up a really excellent game against the T-Wolves. Um, where's everybody on keeping him? Shall I start on this one? Shall I go with this one? Um, I flick-flack from week to week, from day to day, game to game, on whether I think we should put money behind Mo or whether we settle, not settle, go with um, Wendell as the five and work with what we've got and potentially in the, in the draft, uh, the four position. I think for me, Mo, can, we we see some great flashes from him. And I, I say I thought the Timberwolves game, he was immense from start to finish, rebounding. He was scoring, he was shooting the three, he was chasing back, he was working hard constantly, and you know his his block ratio was fantastic. But there's then those games where he just sort of disappears and gets bullied out of things. Um, for me, I don't want us to overpay him. If we pay him and it's a reasonable price and it's a team-friendly deal for us to be able to move him on if needs be, then I'm happy with it. So, guys, whereabouts are you? What's your thoughts? Are you in a similar position? Mikey? I'm not sure. I'm like you. I'm not sure what flick-flacking is. I don't know what that was at the start. <laughs> you know that flipping him about, mate? What do you mean flip-flop? But <laughs> yeah, flick flag, flick flag as well. It's a flick flag. Um, is that a northern thing? It must be. Pop, oh it must be come changed. on! It must be, mate. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> Not as easy. Thanks, mate. Just no worries, mate. <laughs> Stitch him up. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm a bit like you. One minute you're thinking it's a bit. It's a bit like Aaron Gordon. You have those games. Yeah. You're like, he might just have that little bit about him that if we can develop him into something else, then there's still hope for him. But. Like I was looking at the numbers before we jumped on. So pre-All-Star yeah. break, Mo was averaging 10, 7.9 rebounds, 1.8 blocks, 46.8% from the field and 34 from three. And he's taken a little jump. Um, he's now up to 52% from the field and 44 from the three-point line. Um, and he's only averaging 12 points a game. Now, I know he's not exactly the, the focal point of the offense, but... Um, and Wendell's for me a much bigger influence for this team when the two of them are on the floor but he has taken a jump we have seen a lot more effort from him the intensity's been there a little bit more he's he's certainly cut well certainly since Fultz has returned to the lineup and they've been playing together he's been cut into the basket a lot more he's not just sitting out on the three-point line and he's more active um, I would still like to see like his rebounds haven't really moved before or after the All-Star break. I still think he should be a better rebounder than he is at the moment. Absolutely. Um, some of that's effort. Um, but I, I'm not really sure because there comes a point where, and we're going to talk about the guard rotation shortly, but there's going to come a point where management are going to have to decide what players are going to move forward with because you can't have eight, nine, ten players, I would say, after next season that they're going to move forward. And I'm not sure Bamba 
is really going to play himself into maybe four or five players that you're going to move forwards with. I'm not quite sure he's ever going to reach that. But look, Weltman and Hammond look after their own, which we've yeah. seen in the past when it comes to returning free agents. We saw that T. Ross and Vooch. Um, I, I do think we're going to bring him back now. I didn't think that maybe a month ago. And we're, we're fans. We get a bit emotional. We get we go up with the ups and downs. But I'm not sure management were ever unsure. I think they probably had a plan from the get-go and they're probably sticking to that. So if he's coming back, I think that was always on the cards. If he doesn't come back, then I think they were just going to see how it plays out. I'm not really sure, but... Um, I wouldn't be mad against CMO return next year, but I also think what we do in the draft this summer is going to play a part as well. Gary, whereabouts are you, mate? It's a real, um, I think with everybody, nobody's got a definitive answer on this. If you're more Bamba's agent, you must really be kind of shaking your fist at Wendell Carter Jr.'s agent for the deal that uh, Wendell's got because Wendell's, Wendell's deal's so good and he's played so well that you can't really go into a negotiation and say, I want the same as him or better. So I th- I think any deal that comes to more has got to be less than Wendell. And it's going to be that's going to be the measuring stick immediately for him as a big man, the same time period in the league. So I think there's that. Um there's a few questions. I think the first one is, is will he be happy to go back to coming off the bench? Because if Jonathan Isaac ever does get healthy, you would assume straight away he's the starting four. Um, if you look at the team, there's a legitimate question, is more better than Tumor? We don't know. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure he is. I don't know. Some When he plays like he, he can do, he is. But consistently, I'm not sure. And then the big one is what happens with the draft. Like Mikey said, um, I think there'll be an offer goes his way, but it would be really interesting to me if we end up drafting Chet Holmgren, who is this unicorn, lightweight, big man who seems to have quite a you know a similar build and more and can shoot the three and can do all the things that we heard about more. Where does more fit in Orlando? And I think that could damage his value as well. So. I think there's a lot of question marks. Personally, I really like more Bamba as a character. Yeah. And I and he's the type of guy who are you root for, you want him to do well. But you know, even in the last three games, you've seen all faces of Bamba, really. You've seen where you look at him and go, This guy's unreal. And then the next thing he's playing 17 minutes and anonymous. What was it against uh, the Sixers? Was it five and five? Um, sort of my notes. Yeah, five and five against the Sixers, yeah. and then he played seventeen minutes against the Nets. <clears throat> yeah, he, he usually plays well against Embiid as well. In fairness, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, he's had he's had a good game against them offensively, defensively as well. Got a few, you know, blocks, and uh, you know, I think him and Embiid are you know pals, and they they like to go up, up against each other. Um, for me, I bring him back. Um, but like what you guys have said, it's got to be on a team-friendly deal. Uh, you don't want to overpay and uh, you know skipper what we've done in terms of uh, getting rid of bad contracts, etc. So 
Um, and as Gary's just said, then you know Wendell deserves more. So you'd like to see him paid. I don't know, eight, nine, possibly ten. Um, at a stretch. But what Mo Bamba does well, he shoots the three ball very well for a seven yep. foot guy. He's also exceptional in terms of uh, blocking the ball um, for for a big. He's in in the top ten somewhere. I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I just want to see him do a, a lot more in terms of screening because he isn't one of the best screeners. He needs to possibly build up, build up, uh, bulk up a little bit, screen better. You've touched upon the rebounding. So he's already got the you know the shooting stroke. He, he's tall, long enough to uh, to get blocks. So you know he's halfway there. Um, so if you bring him back, you bring him off the bench. This guy just mentioned as well. Um, he's going to be playing against not starters. He's playing against role players. Um, and what we saw against Minnesota, which was very encouraging, and I, what I want to see more of is those lobs. You know, you look at JaVale McGee, he's made a name for himself in the league. Yeah. You know, he's had good contracts. He's he's won uh, championships and he's been that energy guy off the bench. Um, just a nuisance, blocking shots here and there and just getting those lobs. And when teams do that to us, it really annoys me when they get those easy lobs. And with Markel coming back again, you boys have touched upon it. You've got a better passer uh, at the point guard position. So we should free up mode to you know make those back cuts and get those easy baskets so for me it's a no-brainer you bring him back and just try and get him on a, as team friendly a deal as possible i don't i don't think you ever want to let a, i don't think you ever want to let a player leave for nothing i think yeah. that's part of the thinking if we do re-sign him is you'll, you might even he might still be a long-term piece look we're still kind of guessing we still don't know what his long-term development looks like but we've all kind of got our own ideas of what we think he's going I'm, to be uh, become i am going to be fair and because you all know i've not i've not been the greatest of, of mobamba fans from right from well, right from the start but i do think it's unfair that we're judging him as kind of a four-year player or th- mm-hmm. coming in, because he's had so much disruption to his career. Um, I do think the centre position is probably one that you have to learn and grow into um, through his experience. So it's probably fair to put him as two-year two player, perhaps, yeah. perhaps not even that. Um, so I will say, uh, you know, you know, I always try to be fair and level about things. Um, so I've got no problem if we do bring him back. I just hope that was said um, is on a team-friendly deal um, because I do think we have, as, as, as everybody said, seen a really decent jump from him this year. Um, and I was surprised that he got so few against Philly because, as G said, he's had such good games against them in the past. Now, I've got to talk about this because you've got into it this week, Gary, haven't you, with... Uh, Talking about this next subject, the backcourt rotation going forward, what's uh, involved? So, come on, mate, what's your <laughs> thoughts? Opening night, next season, the rotations, assuming that we've made no trades in that department and everybody is injury-free. Well, Talk to us, man. For context, um, I made the tweet <laughs> that we just we, we don't trade Cole Anthony. Um, 
And I think I'm probably for Cole Anthony what G is for Markel Fultz. So it's it's a bit of an interesting one in that. But I, I did put a tweet out saying, you know, that this season our best point guard has been Cole Anthony. And I think when you look at it, it's something you can't dispute. He, he, he has been better than Jalen. Markel hasn't played enough. And RJ has been hit and miss and learning the position. Um, so I, I did put that tweet up and it got quite a lot of... Uh, interactions for the, my tweets anyway and it was, it was it was good debate with Magic fans it was um, for my money the backcourt on the opening night next season with all those factors taken into play would be Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony um, and the reason for that would be Markel's going to get his minutes under his belt um, we've seen the impact he's had on this team since he's came back and I don't think anyone who watches Magic Basketball with any regularity at all would say to you anything other than Markel is a floor general and the upside is still there. And you do see those flashes of where you're like this, you can see why this guy was the number one pick in the draft. And I think if he can get his minutes up, he can get his confidence back. Because you've got to be, if you're him, you've still got to be thinking, I don't want to get hurt again. And really get an extended look at what his three-point shot could be. And that's going to be the big question mark. But I think Markel is a, is a floor general, as a guy who can almost make you think as though you're watching the game in slow motion when he's going 100 miles an hour. Markel would be starting point guard. I would put Cole alongside him. And my reason for that is, if you look at what Cole has done in Orlando this season particularly before the injury, that's the best production of any point guard that we have had in a long time, in a real long time. And yeah. I think Greg Anthony was saying before on here, you're looking for windows, for glimpses, and we got an extended look of what Cole could be. Now, I think, and I, I, I know me and G had a bit of a chat about this via text last night, Cole's attitude is the best attitude we've seen from a Magic player for a long, long time in terms of wanting to win, wanting to improve. I think if you had Cole sat here with us now, which one day you never know, um, and said to him, what do you want to do this off-season? He would probably say, make my three-point shot more consistent and be a better defender. Now, with some players... I would say, okay, that's probably means you're going to be sitting on the beach and you'll think about that in September. I could see Cole being the type of guy who would go away this off-season and think, okay, we've got a high draft pick, GI's back, I'm playing for my place a bit. I am going to do those things because he obviously took a leap from season one to season two. So I've put those two there. And the reason why I haven't got Jalen and RJ, and sorry for ranting, is... I think Jalen needs to shoot better. And it's a question of, do you want a better offensive player or, or a better defensive player alongside Markel? And I think it's an offensive league at the minute. And in the last 10 games, you could say Jalen's three-point shooting's down to about 14%, which tells you even though the shot looks good when he takes it, it's still not hitting. So he's got to really sort that out, which I think he will. And I think... RJ is very encouraging, but I can see him taking the T. Ross role where he's going to be the guy who comes off the bench, gives you the energy, gives you the three, and also is going to be put his time into defending, which we will need. So I think for me, Jalen Suggs will be the one who might find himself as 
the floating point guard behind Cole and Markel if we were to go on what we've seen right now. And I just cards on the table before I get any Twitter abuse. I like all four players, but I think the best two for me is Markel and Cole. Let's be honest, it's got to be that there's only two, or, or likely that there's only two starting. Yeah. So you've got to make a choice somewhere. So, G, come on. Right, so... <laughs> It's a tough one. It's a tough one. So it's between the three players, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's Jalen, Mark, Cal, and Cole. Um, and Gary's made a lot of valid points, and we were going over it yesterday. Um, obviously, for me, Mark Cal, in what he's shown in in the number of games he's uh, played, um, the numbers are phenomenal in limited minutes. And I just can't wait for him to be playing over thirty minutes a game, um, and you know, really putting the league on. Um, on notice that you know he's back um, and he is what he is so Mark Hall is in here comes the problem <laughs> so what I like about Jalen's game his defence um, and an area I think Cole's a little bit lacking so I'm not having to go Cole and I was speaking to Gary yesterday and like he said he'll be the first one to, to say he's going to get better Um but I like his defensive intensity. And when he does have the ball, he looks to put it on the floor and finish at the rim as opposed to putting the shot up, which are higher percentage shots. So for me, and I'm gonna I'm probably gonna be on an island here, and Mr. Greg Anthony's probably not gonna like this. <laughs> I would start, I would start Jalen. That's not taking any way, anything away from Cole. I love Cole to bits. Um but then you make Cole the focal point coming off the bench. Absolutely, you know, he is number one coming off the bench. Give him the green light, you know, fire at will. Uh, and that's just to um, shore up the defence. Like I said, I feel really awful saying this, but they're both fantastic players. Um, but just give Jalen the edge just for that but I mean Cole's a better shooter we've seen that and he will get even better um, um, I'm just going back I'm in my head now I'm just going back and forth thinking am I saying the right thing probably not right, well, okay. okay let's I'll, I'll come to you in a minute Mikey I'm going to just turn the question slightly then Great. can you make an argument or can you fit all three in as a starting unit or does Jalen start but Cole finish Absolutely, you? yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you could make that argument. If you want offense, you go Cole. If you want defense, you go Jalen. It's a good. It's a great problem to have. Let's be it honest. Is. You know, oh, yeah. you don't want. You do You know, no offense. You know, Luke Rid not coming off the bench um, and thinking. You know, oh God, what are we going to get? Um, it's, it's great to have these players, um, uh, and we love Cole and his interviews and everything that comes with Cole uh, and you know I hope he stays with the magic till the end um, and I want to see him lift that trophy with us so um, yeah I, I bring him first off the bench and um, I will say Jalen for now and then you'll dictate then what the game dictates as to whether who is the finishing yeah. line cool absolutely okay. Mikey absolutely. let's hear let's hear your opinions mate well 
I want to start by saying this is a much better position to be in than it was, say, five years ago, where we had Serge Ibaka, Vucevic, and Bismarck Biombo. We were, everyone was debating about, oh, we've got all these bigs and we don't know who to move forwards with. And now we're worrying about all these young players and we don't know how many minutes we could give them. Um, for me, Mark Elfoltz is the best guard on this team at the moment. Um, and we've quite clearly seen in, in short, minutes in limited minutes since his return how much influence he has on this team uh, you think back to the Philadelphia game he scored eight points but he was, I think he was plus 12 plus 13 in like 17 minutes and the game changed when he was on the floor and yeah. I would argue like we'll talk about Philly in a minute but I would argue we would have probably won that game had he not being on a minutes restriction and was allowed to play a lot, lot longer because it felt like we were in control of that game when he was on the floor. So for me, Fultz is quite clearly the best guard. Um, and he and, and he's still got a lot of areas to improve, um, but obviously he can run the offence. He's got length. He can get into the lane. Really, really good finishing around the basket. Um, he's got the size that he can defend as well. Um, which is why I think Cole Anthony is the best compliment to him. So I'm going to stick with what Gary said because one of Fult- we know one of Fultz's weaker areas is shooting the three and stretching the floor. That's one of Cole's stronger abilities compared to Jalen. Jalen, I think, shooting 21% for the, from, the, from three this season. Um, and I feel like he's got the form that he can improve on that as well. But Cole seems... He's a ready-made starter now um, and there's no rush, is there? Because look, we're looking at the long-term development of all three players. So to me, there is no rush going, right, Jalen, here's the pressure of being the starting guard next to Fultz next season when you can still bring him off the bench. You can bring him off the bench if we presume Gary Harris is going to return next year. So we still got that vet alongside him that can help him. Um, but I feel like starter calibre players right now, Fultz and Anthony are, are the best complement for one another. Um, I really love Suggs as, as a prospect and he's and I do really think he's going to be a very good player. Yeah. But there is no rush. You can bring him off the bench. Look, you can you can have your rotations. So you see minutes with Fultz and Suggs on the floor and Cole and Suggs on the floor together. We can have those rotations. And mix lineups up and things like that. But um, yeah, F- Fultz has to start next season for me. Um, and Cole deservedly should be as well. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be any different. I I love what Markel has brought into this team since he's come come back to the lineup. Um there's just a buzz of excitement as he comes on the court. And as has already been said, I fully agree. I think we'd have beat Philly um, with him on the court. Jalen, his drive, his intensity, his defence is already at an elite level. Um, it's some of the offensive end that it starts to let it down a little bit, which, again, I do believe will come. Cole has struggled with efficiency recently. Not going to go against that but at the start of the season the first few weeks and uh, months we were seeing a player that 
let's be fair, people were talking about him possibly fitting into the conversation for the most improved. Um, and yeah, he's, he's had a drop in efficiency. The injury really affected his flow. Um, but we're starting to see him come back. So at this moment in time, I love the issue that we have, that we've got to yeah. sort of decide who, who we will go with. And I think that's fantastic for the team. I would still be Markel starting and Cole. Um, the other thing I'm really liking seeing, and we're going to see this again next year now, or albeit slightly in a different rotation, when we withdraw one of the starters, we're not seeing a drop-off in production. The team has got depth coming back and it's a great problem for us to have. And I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So we now need to talk about uh, what happened in the week and it's a welcome return. Some would say long overdue for ref round. Gee, safe area. We're all friends. It's a therapy <laughs> session for you, my friend. Talk to us about. Do you know what though? Feeling. Do you know what though? When, when we were messaging messaging each other, you and I stayed up for most of it. Gary thinks stayed yeah. up the whole of it, um, and you stayed up the whole of it. Actually, I stayed up to the end of the third. Mikey didn't watch yeah, it until the next day, did he? He was he was tamping on uh, on Monday. I, I thought he was worse than me. In fairness. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's get to it. Um, obviously, the, the elephant in the room is the free throw disparity. Um, you know, if we're not allowed to go with a foot away from a Philadelphia player, then something's not right in the game. Um, for, the, for the game, they shot 32 out of 37 free throws, um, with Embiid having 17 to himself and Harden having 15. So 32 out of 37 were between those floppers. Um, we only shot 20 free throws, so that's 17 more opportunities for them. Um, but on a positive um, note, in terms of the field goals, you know, whilst we lost by two, technically, um, we shot 41 out of 91. They shot yeah. more field goal attempts than us and, you know, shot all those extra free throws. They shot 35 out of 92. So they took an extra shot. They got an extra 17 free throws and they beat us by two in overtime. So, there's a lot of positive to take from that. Um, so I, I don't know what I can say about the calls on, on these superstars. Quote. Um, they just seem to get absolutely everything. And then you get our guys getting hacked. Um, the things most frustrating is the technical foul. Didn't Wendell... You're laughing at me. I haven't been watching you. Um, no, mate, no. Wendell Carter gets teed I up. Thought you you were, I actually thought you were going there. somewhere else when you mentioned Wendell. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to mention my tweet. <laughs> I'll let, I'll let, I've got to give you some content, mate. Um, yeah, you, you can talk about that in a second. Um, but Wendell got teed up. He didn't even realise it was him. Jeff and um, David thought it was Tumor who got teed up, but then you got over the other, down the other end of the floor. You've got Joel Embiid slapping a ball on the floor, effing and jeffing, uh, you know, blue language to our American friends, um, and nothing, absolutely nothing. And you think, hang on a second, were they not listening to them? Um, you just want it called the exact same way. That's all we ask. That's all we asked. And it wasn't even Mark Davis. So 
Have you got the officials in front of you? I can't even remember who it was. I can't. No, mate. I haven't. I haven't. I've, I've deliberately yeah. not looked at who they were. I don't. Need, I don't need anybody else on the list of people. I'm not a great fan of. So, yeah. Mikey, Rod, Rodney Moore. We wanted two of those decisions because, uh, as G says, the text. Um, we won't go into the quite the, the language that you were using about it, but uh, apparently, it's uh, produced by cows and in plenty in a field. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just to clear it up, Rodney Mott, Kevin Cutler, and John Conley were the three officials, and they were BS. Is that the Rodney Mott's version? normally all right? Well, he wasn't that night, mate. All right, I know, I know, I know <laughs> that. Don't tell I, me. I, I've calmed down now, but I was in, I was in a mood after that game, as you could probably tell by one or two of my tweets, um, and some light-hearted banter with a couple of Philly fans online. But uh, are they winning this I, year, Mikey? They are winning F all, mate, this year. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just like uh, Joe and Embe- Joe Embe- I can't even say his name now. I'm doing a pull. <laughs> Joe Ellen <laughs> is a great player. James Harden is a great scorer. There's a difference, right? And I do not think any team that has James Harden as one of their main players is going to win a title in this league purely because. Look, James Harden got the Rockets to. I'm, I'm going off on one now, referent. This is going to like James Harden rant, but I just want to clear up. He got he got the Rockets to the conference finals once, threw Dwight Howard under the bus. They then traded for CP3, threw him under the bus because he couldn't get on with him. They then traded for Russell Westbrook, couldn't get on with him, threw him under the bus, and then when they had no other moves to make because they traded all their first round picks. He decided he wanted to end up in Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving then shown him up apparently in practice. I don't know if you've, heard, you've seen this at all, but apparently he and Kyrie embarrassed James Harden in practice and basically said, you're washed up and you are average. And uh, I think that was the start of the tension in Brooklyn. And James Harden, to save face, was like, I want to leave. So uh, James Harden is a great scorer. But I just don't think Philly are going to win anything with him as one of their top two players. Embiid's going to carry that team. They're in a better position now, possibly, than not having Ben Simmons. But they've lost their depth as well. But sorry, I'm going right off one there. Um, <laughs> but no, and and we always we've always talked about and Paul's like talked about this with Harden for a long time. He flops. He's a cheat. I'm not going to call yeah. him a fraud, but there's a lot cheat. of play acting. Uh, all right, he's a cheat. Um, <laughs> and that's I, what I, it is. It's what it is. It just it just makes the game really hard to watch when you're watching two players go to the line for a combined 32 attempts in one game, just for little touch fouls here and little little nothing calls half the time. It's infuriating to watch as an NBA fan, not just a Magic fan because they were playing against us. It was just, it's just a rubbish game to watch. And I just feel like when they get to the postseason, they're going to get found out when games are going to get called a lot more loosely and the game gets more physical. But look, that that clearly helped them win this game. The refereeing calls, like, you, like Paul's tweet, Wendell got smacked in the uh, in groin the nether area. regions. Yeah, the groin area. I didn't quite use that <laughs> phrase though, did I? 
Mate, the only uh, way he, the MB didn't get called for a foul on that one is that he could say he got all ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way. He didn't specify whether it was the left or the right one. That was the only thing. <laughs> um, but mate, how he get he got one foul the whole game, mm. one call. Um, as G's illustrated already, there was there was so many issues. There were pushes in the back. There was raking across um, hands, and I'm not. He didn't get anybody in the face or anything. I'm not going to. I'm not saying he did. But there was the was it in the head. I think it was Embiid on um, Wagner, wasn't it? At the end, was it Embiid on Wagner at the end? G, the one that the the like, two minute report. Yes, called? yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. That's the one. Um, yeah. And had even two or three of these I been actually called the result would have been different and I do think that that game was a classic game ruined by poor officiating I don't know if you've got anything else to add Gary I think um, when you look at the outcome of, of the game when it's against the Sixers it's if people are wanting to lose it's kind of on the if you got that result before the game you go oh that's how to lose instead of the Nets game where we just didn't turn up. But then when you watch the game and you see it unfold, it's like there was a pretty good case for us to win that. And it just comes back to the the superstar calls. They, if, if you're sitting watching it on a small screen, which I'm watching this on a small screen in bed, and I'm like, that's a blatant foul on Franz Wagner. Like, Anyone can see that when you're half asleep in the UK. I'm like, how can you not pick that out and go and make the call? And it's superstar calls. And I'll be honest, I don't think Embiid needs the protection that he got in that game because I I legitimately think he has a very good case for MVP this year. He's been that good and he doesn't need it. But I'm not going to argue with anything that was said about James Harden because it's just echoing what I've thought for a long time, what Mikey was saying in particular on this, where it's going to, anything that the Sixers get, I think the Sixers could win the title as it goes, but it's going to be from Joel Embiid. Hmm. It's going to be Embiid who carries them to that. But uh, the, the referee in that game, it was the whole superstar friends call and I think the reaction at the end it was hard and I think at the end where I'll not repeat what he said but it was yeah. put it this way he was relieved that that game was over because he knew they were in big trouble they, they were panicking I, think, I also think um, just coming back to where we were talking about uh, Jalen or Cole I think that the, the Philly bench thought that Cole's shot was good because yeah. the looks on their bench as that was released and it hit the rim, you could see, and as it bobbled out, it, as you've just said, there was so much relief, and I think there was a lot of disbelief that that didn't go in, which is where we come back to the argument, is, mm. does it, is Cole a finisher? Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think uh, it was one of them games where you looked at, before the game, Ada took a two-point loss and then that's quality, absolute quality, well-played team. And there was also two calls in that game where we made buck, made good buckets after we gathered and got waved off for and for and ones as well. Just a couple more in there. Yeah. Roger, you Can want I to... just add? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to shout out the Amway Centre crowd, really, for last Friday's game against the Timberwolves and that game against the Sixers. The place was rocking um, and yeah. it really, 
it really does um, make a difference to the team. Uh, to us fans watching, you know, from four, over 4,000 miles away. Um, so, you know, long may it continue. And um, yeah, let's just get that place loud and uh, we'll be there in October just to help out a little bit. And Patrick well, was Gary's in attendance as well. Gary's there before. Gary's there giving you Yeah, of course, Gary before. is. Yes, he is. Yeah. Against Miami the game, isn't it? Yeah, against the heat win. I get my lifetime banned from the Amway served up. <laughs> so <laughs> me and Con- uh, exit this way. Me and Connell get jobs. thrown out of the Amway in the third quarter or something. Connell all Stone Islanded up and that type of thing. <laughs> 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 yeah. He's got here himself. One, <laughs> one last thing in closing on ref run. I think it's also, it's important that we do we do make it. None of us are saying that the magic didn't foul. None of us are saying that a lot of those calls were fouls. <coughs> weren't fouls, sorry. A lot of those calls were fouls. What we're complaining about is the exaggeration and the dis- disparity in the calls that clearly what was being called one end wasn't being called at the other. Um, but we're not saying that the magic weren't actually making fouls. And I think that brings us to the next point that we're going to talk about. In the losses to the Nets and Philadelphia, both came in very different circumstances. But what are the positives and what are the learning lessons that the the, the young team can take from those defeats? Mike, let's start with you. Well, we certainly held our own against Philly, uh, punched them in the mouth early in that game and gave them a real run for their money in, in a team that was was playing as well as they have been. And, and win, I think they've won, what are they, eight and two or something since Harden got traded to them. So they're obviously on a good run of games. Um, yeah. I mean, it's another, I mean, really it's two examples this week. One where you can see us compete against a good team, but then at the same time, I also think obviously you don't want to get blown out week in, week out, but when you play some, a team like Brooklyn, who are obviously a contender as well, it also shows the young players that you've still got a lot of learning to do as well. I think it's a bit of an eye-opener, a little bit of motivation for them to go, when we play the Nets next time, we're not going to lose by 42 and let Kyrie yeah. have a career night. Um, having that bit of, bit of pride, but also going up against great players and thinking, I want to do that. Do you know what I mean? I think that's... I think that's a learning lesson in itself for the for players like Cole and and Fultz that they're young, they're they're developing well. We're we're happy they're on the magic, but they've got they've still got a lot of growing, they've got a lot of development, they've still got a lot of work they need to do in the off season to to help not just elevate the magic, but elevate their own games to the point that we can uh, move forward with them over the next few years. So like there aren't there aren't a lot of positives you could take from a forty two point blowout, but I think if from a player's point of view, I think it's good motivation when that sometimes brings us back down to earth a little bit. Considering we've been playing as well as we have been recently, yeah, a refocus, yeah, yeah, and hopefully we get a response tonight. We get to see the the guys react to it. So Gary, what what would you take from? Uh, it's more from the Philly game, I guess, than the Nets. Yeah, I'll just say with the Nets game, I was watching it live and I got to the third quarter and I just was in that and I went, I can't do this because it was, if it was any other team, I would have sat and watched Kyrie and just went, I want to just appreciate this. 
but it, it became painful and there was obviously a Nets influence in the arena as well, which oh, was yeah. so it was a bit annoying. Um, I think it's the play for me of uh, Wendell. And I know we've made the case that said earlier on, you could have made a case in the, uh, the opening part of the season where you could have said Cole, which I did, was a candidate for the most improved player through about 25 games. And I think since the All-Star break in particular, you look at what Wendell's been doing and he's doing it night in, night out. He's more aggressive. He He's playing he's playing at his size all of the time. Mm. And there's, there was games that he put his shoulder through Embiid at one point as though he just wasn't there. Yeah. And that wouldn't have happened last season. And I don't think it would have happened on the air, the Wendell I saw a couple of times for the Bulls. You'd have seen a glimpse of it, but we're seeing it all the time now. So for me, it's Wendell. Yeah. And I, I do think um, we've, we've seen obviously more minutes for Markel and it's positive again what's coming there. And I think Cole's just starting to come back. He's just starting to get back to where he's positively influencing. And I know in the Sixers game, during regulation, he didn't shoot as well. But in, in the um, overtime, he kind of took over. It was like, cometh the hour, cometh the man, where I think he hit three threes mm-hmm. in great succession. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay, can we get this call back to see the uh, to see the season out? But I think it's just young players um, and it'll be a lesson. And as you know, like Mikey said, it's not, it's not that won't leave them. They'll not get beat by 40 odd points again off uh, off Brooklyn. Yeah. It stings pride and they're going to come. Uh, the other thing, coming back to what you've just said, the thing I love about Cole is that even if he's having an inefficient night, he's still willing to put himself in that position to take another shot. He's still got the confidence in himself. He's still willing to back himself. Um, I think he's just got to learn a little bit more with the shot selection. Which is a that's the thing with youth. And we just say, Paul, I'm going to use a player who I think Garant here will love, and I think you and Mikey might turn your nose up here. But <laughs> if you looked at someone like Eric Cantona, oh, and you said, right, "Stop that's being it. end it there." <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, you've got a Sunderland tie on behind you there. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but if you looked at Cantona and when he did the Kung Fu kick and when he came back, it was like a more, a little bit neutered PG-13 Cantona where he wasn't quite as aggressive and he never quite was consistently that player again. And I think I, I hear the criticisms on Cole where it's like, you know, he plays thinking he's Kobe Bryant type thing. But if you said to Cole, okay, Cole, you, you're not this at such a young age, stop. You would lose what Cole does. And yeah. there's potentially something there very special where it's like, you know what, let's just see. If Cole was 26 and was doing that, you would be going, maybe it's time to let somebody else have a go and calm down a bit. But what we've got now is a guy who's playing through it. And if he can find that efficiency and get back to where he was in the first you know, third of the season, all of a sudden you've got a very, very dangerous backcourt. And I think you don't want to blunt that edge and that competitiveness and that belief. It's such a young age. It's raw. Just look to harness it and encourage it rather than shackle it. And uh, sorry for the Cantonar comparisons, boys, but that was the best one. <laughs> he was, he, uh, when he was in a white, proper white shirt, <laughs> he was brilliant. <laughs> Less of a fan once he moved. He was still brilliant, but less of a fan once he changed colours. I thought you might say that. 
But, yeah. cha- but changing the Cantona subject, I think one thing just to add to what Gary said as well, I think we all forget how good Cole started the season. Yeah. The season's so long and it's been such a drag this year of all the losses that I think we forget what an influence Cole had earlier in the season. Yeah. G, where, where are you with the week? Well, first of all, didn't, didn't Marseille, Marseille wear white as well? So I don't know which white team you were talking about. The real white team. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. I, 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 I joke. I joke. Um, no, I, I'm just going to go from a different angle. I agree absolutely with what the boys are saying. But for Coach Mosley, um, obviously, yeah. you know, it's, it's a learning experience for him as well. And um, to have a uh, contender in Philadelphia coming into the building and um, running them, you know, that close, um, obviously, it's going to be an experience for him, you know, timeouts down the stretch, drawing up plays, looking at mismatches, what we can do. Um, the boys have mentioned Cole went off in overtime and, you know, when we were up five with just over a minute to go or whatever it was, I was there thinking, my prediction's going to come in this week. Uh, wasn't to be. There we go. Um, and then, you know, so the, the second night then against Brooklyn, obviously, you know, you just don't want a repeat of that. So he's going to get that experience from, from playing these, you know, decent teams um, and um, learn from it. So learning experience for everybody. We hung around in one of them uh, and the other one, you know, it's a, as, as mum said, you know, there'll be, night like, there'll be nights like these. So um, yeah. there we go. Hey, I mean, for me, the, the thing that I want to see the team take away and pick up on is that they've got to it's probably better better when you see it in rugby because it is so it's so obvious in rugby when you watch you every referee referees it differently um and there's certain certain fouls and there's certain ways that they call things um and you as a team they have to adapt to how things are being called and they didn't adapt against Philadelphia we continue to do some of the same reaching fouls and you know the stuff that we knew was getting called um we continue to do and we have to learn and adapt in game to those issues and pick up on that and that's what I really want to see him take away I mean overall on the week take let's take take the next game out of it and we ran into a buzzsaw that night and for me regardless of where Brooklyn are they are a contender they are going to be a deep run playoff team for me um, yeah. but we we beat the Timberwolves we pushed Philadelphia who are a fancy team all the way through extra time and could have won it with the very last shot so it's a positive week it's just those little things that they've got to pick up on and learn to adapt with um, so yeah huh? Not, we've had worse weeks we've had worse no, weeks so we've add- got a win in there so we've definitely had worse weeks can I add one more to it? And I want to give a quick shout out to Mo Wagner because I don't feel like we've probably talked about oh, him man, yeah. this season. Yeah. And he was a guy that I was, I wouldn't say not a fan of earlier in the season, but I, I wasn't expecting a lot from him. Um, and I and I think he's developing into a really, really solid, not maybe not solid, but somebody who's coming off the bench and and doing a job for us. I mean, he had 17 and 11 against Brooklyn. 
Yeah, 10 off the bench against Philly and was plus 11, I think, in that game. Um, we've talked about how he he's that sort of player you want on your team. He's a pest. He gets under the player's skin, which we all like. But he's 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 developed his three-point shooting. He's physical. He gets under player's skin. Um, he, sets, he sets a little bit of a an example for the rest of the bench players in terms of playing hard. Um, and I just, anyway, I just, I just want to give Mo a shout out because I think he's been really, really good for us. He's, and he's been um, a nice surprise as well as, uh, as well as his brother this year. Yeah. Well, I think he's gone from, you and I spoke about this, Mikey. And I think the, what we described it as was he's gone from being a player that we've kept around. We, we re-signed for, a little bit of depth on the bench and probably a, th- a third option, and but main, mainly there to support Franz coming into the team. Hmm. To somebody who is a core member of the rotation, comes off the bench, gives you impactful minutes, and as a bonus, is there for his brother. Yeah, and that's I think that's been a real turnaround for him. And yeah, I quite agree with you, pal. Quite agree with you. So on to the predictions and the week ahead. Um, so since last we recorded, uh, the Magic have gone one and two, beating the Timberwolves. Um, that sees Mikey in the lead and at the 500 mark, um, eight and eight, mate. Well done. Uh, G and I trail at seven and nine. And Gary, we're going to start from next season with your predictions, mate, properly. Hopefully getting you into the league there with us, <laughs> getting it in there. Wins so we record next, we record next on Friday, the 25th of March. Uh, and between now and then, the homestand continues. With uh, we play Detroit tonight, then um, play Oklahoma City Thunder at uh, 10 p.m. on Sunday. So a nice, friendlyish UK tip again. Uh, then we finish uh, the homestand with uh, a visit from Golden State Warriors on Tuesday, an 11 p.m. tip, uh, and then we have a back-to-back game uh, where we travel to Oklahoma uh, to play Thunder. Again, and that's on Wednesday, the 23rd. Oh, it's a midnight to Thursday here. So, boys, predictions of where these four games will go. Gary, let's go for you first, mate. What are you having? What are you having? I'll go positive. Um, I think we'll go three and one. Nice. So, I think we will win tonight. And I think it will bring a massive meltdown on Twitter afterwards from the tanking community. <laughs> Um, I think it's coming I think we're at that stage now where I think people are counting losses friend of mine's an OKC fan he's he's counting losses and you're starting to see the tank uh, gifts coming out and such and you know what fair enough it's everybody's fans of the magic and they want it in different ways you know and everybody has their different views we saw that last year and that's fine but I, I just think we're going to be stinging so I think we'll um, the, the game we'll lose. I think will be Golden State, but Steph Curry's out. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it's interesting. Even. It's interesting, mate. That's changed everything for me on this week. Yeah. So who are we going with next? Uh, G, come on, man. Let's hear oh, yours. Mate, mate, this is Has a problem. for the water spoon with me. Yeah, no, I know, I know. The problem is my brother's an Oklahoma fan, so. Obviously, I want us to beat them for, you know, bragging rights and everything. 
So I'm going to go two and two, and we will beat the Oklahoma City Thunder twice. Although it could be tricked, but <laughs> well, I just need to get that OKC. I need to get two and zero over him so he can shut up for, for another twelve months. You know. <laughs> yeah, you forget this is first meeting against OKC. We're it is. You forget yeah. that. Yeah. Mikey. I'm going three and one this week. Okay. We are going to beat Detroit tonight, which nobody wants to win. I think we're going to split the series with the Thunder, and I'm going to say we beat the Warriors. I'm going to say, mate, I'm I'm fancying us beating the Warriors. Um, they're on a little bit of a slide. Yeah, like like on Gary a bit says, of a slide at the minute. Steph Curry's already out. Gary Payton Jr. is yep. that little bit of a pest off the bench. He's out. Andrew Wiggins is day to day. Bealitz is day to day. So they may or may not be back for that. Steph Curry's obviously a big miss for them. But um, I'm going to go 3 1. I'm going to separate myself from you and G this week. And uh, I'm going to give myself some daylight in the predictions for next week. So I've, I've either got to go <laughs> for a 4 0 or a losing week. Pretty much for a losing week. I can't see it being a losing. That's the thing. I don't see it being a losing week. I genuinely could see us taking all four. But um, I'm going to go three and one. I think we win two of the home games and we win on the road in OKC and we lose to OKC at home. I think we beat Detroit. I think we beat Golden State. Thanks for the company, boys. Um, everybody thank you as always for joining us uh watching and listening please subscribe to the podcast uh and hit the notification button so as not to miss future episodes make sure to visit the website orlandomagicuk.com uh, latest news follow us on facebook instagram tiktok and twitter all can be found at orlando magic uk and the links are featured in the podcast description um possibly worth keeping an eye out for us this evening popping up on uh, a broadcast you never know maybe around uh, during a bit of a Dante moment uh, during the Detroit game fingers crossed and uh, so until next time from Mikey Durant Gary and myself till next time go magic